0: Welcome to the Access Health Radio Show This Week with Dr. Brian Forrest. And Dr. Forrest, you have a special guest you'll be introducing soon. We, of course, would like to acknowledge the companies that support our program as well.
1: Thanks to Marley Drug and Winston-Salem for supporting our show. They mail order generic medications directly to your home with free shipping, often at costs that are much lower even than the big box pharmacies. Check them out at MarleyDrug.com. If people want more information
0: about today's show or they want to find out information about your practice, where can they
1: find it? If listeners want to send general non-emergent questions and possibly have their question answered on the show, they go to our website at accesshealthradio.com. They can also send an email directly to accesshealthradio at gmail.com with their contact information. Uh, Make sure you include that so we can thank you for the questions you send us. And if you'd like information about our medical practice in Apex, North Carolina, you can go to acchealth.com, that's A-C-C-H-E-A-L-T-H.com, or you can call 919-363-0190. And after the show, if you'd like, you can listen to an on-demand podcast of our show at WPTF.com, and we'll provide links to that on our landing page at accesshealthradio.com. This week on the show on Access Health Radio, we are pleased to have a special guest. That's right, Dr. Forrest. We're pleased to welcome back
0: Victoria audio prostologist for Downey's Hearing Care Associates. And welcome, Victoria.
2: Hello. Thank you for having me today.
0: You know, one of the things that we heard the most about the last time that you were on is, how do you know if you're a candidate a hearing aid
2: the main thing that i would say is make an appointment with a specialist that specializes in hearing the first thing you want to do is make sure you don't have a medical condition that could be an issue one you could have impacted wax in the ear which would cause issues from the external point you could have middle ear fluid that could be causing problems in the middle ear itself or you could have a disease that's attacked the inner ear that could be causing problems with your hearing So the main thing is get a specialist to assess you, whether it's a hearing aid specialist, whether it's an audiologist, audioprostologist, an ear, ear, nose, and throat doctor. Whomever it may be that can assess that for you, that's what you want to look at first. Eliminate any type of medical condition. Then we can look at hearing aids.
0: And you have people you can refer us to uh, if uh, we do need a hearing test, or is that something that you normally do?
2: This is actually a service we provide within our office. We're a full rehabilitation center. Mm -hmm. The only thing we don't do is surgery and treatment as far as medication was. So what we look at as a whole is how can we help you, can we help you on the spot, and if we can't, then we try to refer you out to the appropriate person and not bounce you around from one person to the next.
0: I've had these hearing tests before you are Kind of in a different room and you raise your arm left or right. Would you say it's common for one ear to show more hearing loss than the other?
2: Uh, Not necessarily. Most of the time, your ears should be symmetrical. They should be together. But sometimes you do have unilateral losses. Um, The unilateral loss is more of a concern to me than any because it could be a sign of a tumor growing on the eighth cranial nerve Mm -hmm. or there could be something growing inside of the middle ear that could be causing a problem. So most of the time when it's one ear that's lost... That's when we start looking, okay, something could be an issue here, and we want to make sure it's not.
0: Okay, so you have the basic hearing aid, and then you tune it to the special need that they have?
2: Yes, sir. If the person has a hearing impairment, when we test, we actually have an audiogram that we plot the thresholds onto so we plot where the person's hair cells are actually functioning and then we can add gang to those hair cells so the audiogram gives us that's our first tool that gives us an idea of what we need to do for this individual uh, if the person's hearing is fairly flat they can wear just about anything but then we have to look at tolerance levels is this person going to have a problem when there is amplification uh, when they turn the instrument up, do they find themselves wanting to turn the instrument back down immediately? And if that is the issue, then the person is more acceptable to having damage to their ears if they're not properly fitted so what you're looking to do is find out what is that super threshold on that patient to make sure that they're comfortable with what they're hearing with their instrument
0: interest it's, it's interesting you brought up the uh, question of ear wax sometimes that can be so severe that it prevents you from hearing properly
2: yes sir it can if the wax lays up against the eardrum it can actually cause dizziness off balance lightheadedness can make you pass out Um, can cause a lot of pain and discomfort for one or it can completely block you out from being able to hear properly now if you have wax impacted to the eardrum it's going to give you about a 30 db loss that's like if you put your fingers in your ears that's exactly what's going to happen when you remove that wax and you do not have actual impairment at the inner ear to send information to the brain you should be fine
0: and my mother told me, don't put anything larger or smaller than my elbow in my That's ear, correct. right? Yes, sir.
2: Yes, sir. But people still do it. They put Q-tips in their ears and the, we call those ramrods because it just puts just everything back into the ear that the ear is trying to clean out naturally. Uh, if you even look at the box for a Q-tip, it tells you not to put it in your ear. <laughs> okay. So most people just associate, "Hey, this I can get this in my ear and clean it," and this is what people have been doing for years and years and years. And realize, "Hey, you're actually causing a problem for yourself, not actually helping yourself." Your ear will do a natural cleaning about every two.
0: And hearing aids have been around how long? <laughs> Over a
2: hundred years,
0: really? Yes. Okay, sir. but in the last five, ten years, they've changed dramatically, and we're going to be talking about some of the new advancements. Downey's Hearing Care Associates and Hearing and Urgent Care Offices in Nightdale at 3009 Village Park Drive and in Rocky Mount at 1356 Bevanu Plaza. You can find them on the web, too, at com. We have more coming up. This is Access Health Radio on News Radio 680 WPTF. Welcome back, Uh, Victoria Brett Tan uh, with uh, Downey's Hearing Care Associates is along with us. We were talking about some of the really drastic developments that you have seen uh, in your office over, let's say, the past five years. Has it changed that much as far as hearing aids?
2: Huge difference. Huge difference. Even just the past couple of years, Um, most people are used to the old technology. We're just straight amplifiers. Uh, those who have a sloping hearing loss don't do very well with those. They tend to reject them. Those who have a flat hearing impairment tend to like them unless they have, like I said earlier, like a, a tolerance issue for an individual. So those are the things that we look at is what's going to meet for this person's lifestyle. What does the person need? What do they want? If the person stays at home all day, doesn't really do anything. They're just kind of fi- confined themselves. Then they just need to go basic. But if you're someone like myself, yourself, that stays very busy, numbers are important, information is important then you're going to want to look at something that's a little bit more sophisticated
0: so more sophisticated explain how
2: okay if you have a sloping hearing loss and that means that your lower frequencies which is the heavy stuff that is better and maybe even being normal the higher ends most of the time those are ruined by noise it's noise induced so what you're wanting to do is going to make the correction in the higher end without over amplifying the lower end so you can be very frequency-specific. It's almost like an equalizer on a stereo. You get in there and you can change your 250 hertz out to six or 10,000 hertz across the board. And you make it sound really sweet with that stereo system. Well, hearing instruments are very similar to that. With the newer technology, we can go with the floor of the person's hearing where they barely hear at that threshold. And then we can go to their super thresholds, which is their tolerance issues, and actually measure where their tolerance is. What, what, what do they like, not like? And then that we can tell that instrument to stay within those two um, dynamic ranges mm-hmm. and be right in the center of those. So anytime something's too low, it turns itself up automatically to the average. If anything's too loud, it automatically turns it down to the average. So then the person's always hearing without being uncomfortable.
0: So if somebody's like in a factory situation, there'd be a whole lot more noise, but when they went home, it would adjust down according to what they need.
2: Correct, but most manufacturing companies, you're not going to wear your hearing instrument in a noisy environment, not at work, you're not. Most of the time, you're going to mute, or either you're going to find something to actually block the ears from being exposed to this loud noise over a period of time. As a good example would be, okay, we go to a restaurant, we go to Cracker Barrel, we go to the melting pot, we go to Cheesecake Factory... These areas are very hard for normal hearing people. So if you put in a noise situation on someone who's hearing impaired, you almost wipe them out. So if you can go in and be very frequency specific on this individual and test those tolerance issues too, you tend to be more successful with the fitting and the patients more or less to be happier with that product because it's going to give them more satisfaction of comfort and lazier listening.
0: Yeah, when you were in a couple of weeks ago, you also talked about the size, uh, they're, they're so tiny now.
2: Oh yes, oh yes, uh, they're about, I would say, about the size of the, the, the end of your pen, on your ink pen, they're that small. You put it down inside the ear canal, you leave it in the canal, the only time you take it out is when you take a shower or you go to bed, and some people actually wear them when they go to bed, and that's okay. Um, but we ask for the patients to leave their ears open for at least four hours in a day to allow the ear to
0: breathe. How do they stay in there?
2: Uh, the ear canal, most of the time it is custom made to the person's ear. So the instrument is not going to come out very easily. Mm-hmm. Now you have some individuals that cannot afford a custom product. So they're looking for something more like an instant fit that also is invisible. And we have those available for patients also that are already preformed.
0: So do you have uh, appliances that allow you to get access to the hearing aid or do they just stick their finger in there? You said that was not what you wanted (laughs) before. (laughs) That's a good
2: question. That's a very good question. When they insert, they're going to insert the instrument with their pinky. When they go to remove their product, there is a removal line on the product itself that allows them to remove from the ear.
0: Okay. All right. They're so small. How do the batteries get in there?
2: it's big enough for a battery <laughs> really there's a battery door I open the door put the bat size uh, 10 battery on it close it up and go about their way so.
0: if you want to follow up with Victoria she is with Downey's Hearing Care Associates offices in Nightdale at 3009 Village Park Drive and Rocky Mount at 1356 Bevanue Plaza find them on the web at com. we got more coming up with audio prosthologists. Victoria Britan we are Access Health Radio on News Radio six eighty WPTF. We are back with Victoria Britan with Downey's Hearing Care Associates. Let's talk about cost. When someone says, "What do they cost?" How do you answer that?
2: It depends. I mean, there's three different factors that we really look at when it for a patient. One is size. Is it custom? Is it instant? And you know, what's the capabilities of that product? What can that product do? If you have a straight amplifier, that's a mom and pop instrument. It's straight amplifying everything. It's going to be cheap. You're going to get what you get. When you're dealing with instruments that are, allow you to go in and manipulate the product of how that person's going to hear, when they're going to hear it, how they're going to hear it, the more sophisticated that product is, a little bit more expensive it's going to be. So if you're looking at, this is the easiest way to explain it. You have a person come into your office. You test them. They choose to be fitted. You decide, okay, well, this is what you need, sir. We need to put a digital product on you, something that's programmable, where the patient chooses not to go that route. They want a mama pop hearing aid. Okay, you put the hearing aid on because that's what they insist on that they want against your against what you say, but they choose to wear it. But well, after a year when their hearing starts to change or two years, now they got to replace that product because now it's not going to meet their loss anymore. So now they might as well just throw it in the trash. So if you're dealing with an instrument that's more sophisticated, I fit you today, five years from now, two years from now, eight years from now, it doesn't matter. As long as I can read the codes on that product and it'll still meet your needs, I go back in, I retest you, and I reprogram that product to meet your need at no cost to you. Hmm. So that's where you save your money. I mean, Just today, I had a patient come in. She says, Victoria, I've had my, ear, my hearing aids for six years, and I'm, I'm thinking I need to upgrade my hearing. Well, why do you think you need to upgrade them? Well, I like them. It's just I know my, I'm not hearing as well. Okay, well, let's test you. Well, her hearing moved. Her hearing changed. We went in, retested her, reprogrammed her. No cost to her whatsoever. She said, how much do I owe you? Yeah. I said, nothing. I don't owe you? No, ma'am. You don't owe me anything. You bought those hearing aids from me. I test and reprogram you for life on those hearing aids. As long as you have those hearing aids, I'll do it. And she says, Wow. I didn't know that. Well, yeah, we talked about that about six years ago, but you have forgotten. But that's okay because we took care of it today. She says, now I understand the value in your hearing aids. Mm-hmm. Because she didn't have to buy another set. We just went back and reprogrammed what she had. Some patients when take blood pressure medication, uh, other things that actually shift their hearing, and it may be only a temporary situation. person's taking chemo, and it's just a it's a temporary situation. Mm-hmm. You go back in, you reprogram the product for what they need right now. Next week they come back in or six months they come back in. You go back and reprogram the product back the way it was before. You know, So the sophistication is going to determine the cost of that product. So it depends on what that patient wants. So it can cost you somewhere from a, a few hundred dollars to a few thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Depends on what you want. But you're still in control. It's not the specialist that's in control. You are. You just have to make a decision before you walk into your specialist office and if I have a hearing loss, what am I willing to put into a set of hearing aids or a hearing aid? you need to make that make your mind up before you walk in the door? Because the specialist's job is to help you hear and understand better. Their job is to give you the best recommendation on what they know and what they can provide for you. But they can't make you do something you don't want to do. They just have to be the tool that is necessary for you to get where you want to be.
0: And. In- Constant monitoring is very important.
2: Yes, sir, it is, because if your direction is off and your venting is not proper, you're not going to like the way that you hear yourself when you you speak. You're going to feel like you're in a barrel or everything's inside of your head. You're going to hear other people okay, but if you push in on your hearing aids, you have those issues, and you push in on your hearing aids and everything clears up, you got a direction issue, and a lot of people do have direction issues if they don't bring it to the specialist's attention that this is happening. Because most of the time when you have a custom product, you have to make an impression and send it out to a lab for it to be built. So somebody else is building that product for you, and you're not, you're not seeing it. They're not seeing it. They're taking the impression. They're building it. They're sending it to you. Now, it's your job to make sure that product fits that patient and does what it's supposed to do. But it's patient's job to communicate with the specialist and tell them what they feel so the specialist can do their job. Because it's not objective. It is subjective. A fitting is subjective on how you want to hear and how you want to understand everyone is different
0: and how often do you recommend just changing the whole hearing aid itself
2: um just depends on the individual Mm -hmm. it really does i mean you have some patients come in they want to change their hearing aids every year that's totally up to them i don't recommend for them to do that because it's not necessary but if they choose to do that that's their choice but i try to fit the hearing instrument for longevity So if the person comes in and they want an invisible hearing aid, well, the invisible hearing aid can last you somewhere between five to eight years. Okay? If you go with the larger hearing aids, they can be somewhere between eight to ten years. But most companies want to fit you every three to five years. So I look at what is the best solution for this patient. What does this patient need? What does this person want? And I try to give them the longevity.
0: Well, let's talk about some of the takeaways that we want uh, people to, to know uh, with this program. What, what, what are some keys uh, to remember?
2: If you feel that you're having a hearing impairment, don't put it off. Go ahead and have a specialist check you out. Uh, verify you don't have a tumor growing, impaction, fluid behind the eardrum that could be causing problems. Don't take it on your own to just go try to find something to put in your ear and think it's going to work. You could have a medical condition that really needs to be addressed, and your specialist can help you with that. When it comes to selecting hearing instruments, there are so many hearing aids out there. I mean, you have 500 types of hearing aids, and you will get confused. And then you'll stop really looking for a product because you'll be confused. So the best thing to do is sit down with your specialist or a specialist and talk about what your wants and your desires are and let them help you pick the better product for your lifestyle.
0: Very good. If you want to follow up with Victoria, she'll be in again next month, as uh, she's uh, uh, going to be a regular here uh, with Access Health Radio. Victoria Bretan, uh, audio prosthologist for Downey's Hearing Care Associates. They have two offices: uh, one in Nightdale at three thousand nine Village Park Drive, and in Rocky Mount at thirteen fifty six. Beverly Plaza, find them on the web at downieshearingcare.com. You had uh, an email address you gave last time?
2: Yeah, Downey's Hearing uh, Yahoo. All at
0: right. Yahoo,
2: Downey's Hearing at Yahoo.
0: Okay. Until next month, thank you very much.
2: Thank you. Have a blessed day.
1: Well, today's trivia is a shock even to me. And, you know, when you think about all of the prescription medications that are out there and how many people have high blood pressure, diabetes, high cholesterol, ear infections, you know, strep throat, you would think that a medication for one of those conditions would be the most prescribed uh, medication in the state. You know, if I had to guess, I'd say probably a cholesterol medication was one of the most prescribed in the state or maybe a common antibiotic. Turns out that's incorrect. In fact, the most prescribed medication above all in our state is an opioid pain medication called hydrocodone. And this just helps to show us the opioid crisis is a real problem. Well, that concludes our show, and hopefully you will be able to use this information uh, to be a more informed healthcare consumer and keep your family safe as well. And our scripture this week is from Ephesians 5, 18, New International Version. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Thanks for listening to the Access Health Show, and we look forward to joining you again next Sunday at 4 p.m. Until then, God bless your health.